You're listening to Brain Buster Radio. Hey, yo, Josh, let me get a little bit of reverb. Yeah. Jay Will. Yeah, I'm about that lifestyle. I talk green work, repping it all over. It's right on the t-shirt. Fan for a lifetime. Yeah, that's a long pass. Figure I would show some love right on the podcast. Turn this up loud and make sure you don't do nothing else. Cause if you're listening to us, then you're improving your health. My name is Jay Will. Welcome to the show, yeah. Wrestle, flow, 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 yeah. What is going on, everybody? This is Wrestling Reverb. I am Josh, and this week is a little bit different, guys, everybody. Uh, Kevin is unable to attend the Wrestling Reverb this week, but never fear. I'm not on my own. I Trust me, I tried to record on my own, and it really wasn't working too much, so I was like, I need a friend. And I did talk to this guy like a couple of days ago, so I was like, hey, let's just shoot the shit for another hour. I do have Mr. JPQ here. JPQ, it's your first time, well, it's not your first time on Wrestling Reverb, but it's, I mean, you've been on, I think, once before, maybe twice. Yeah, I think we did a WrestleMania review on Wrestling Reverb. And I think that's it. Other than that, you that's haven't it. Been on, yeah, you haven't been on. So, hey, it kind of, everything, I, I'm a believer in everything happens for a reason. So, at least we get to chat for an hour or so. Yeah, man, I'm excited. We're going to run this baby back from Wednesday for sure yeah. uh, because it's worth running back. So I'm happy to be here. I appreciate you bringing me on, man. And uh, let's get into it, bro. Yeah, so um, first and foremost, a little bit of housekeeping. Now, everyone was is very aware of the bet that me and Kevin had going on. And I was, you know, looking forward to rubbing it all in his face this week, but he's not here. So I'm going to be a nice guy. All right, so as everyone's aware, JPQ, um, I'm sure you're aware that there was a bet going on between me and Kevin. <laughs> I am aware. <laughs> so um, there was a little bit of a controversial, controversial finish, if you will, to the Iconics and Kabuki Warriors match this week. And um, the Kabuki Warriors won, but the Iconics retained their championship. So here's what we're going to do. Kevin, I know you'll be listening to this. And uh, JPQ, you can be my little, uh, you can be my... I guess my other set of ears just to, so I can't, you know, go back on what I'm saying. So here's what we're going to do. Presumably the Kabuki Warriors will get another shot at the Women's Tag Team Championship. I'm, I'm guessing it will be SummerSlam. So that bet that we have going on will take place in their next match. We'll up the odds. We'll do something. Stay tuned on my Twitter for all that information. But uh, I guess I'm, I'm feeling in a very generous mood since Kevin isn't here this week. That's where we're going with that. So don't worry, everyone. I certainly have not forgot about the bet, but um, Kevin's going to lose. So, you know, I'll just attest to that. So, Kevin, listening away right now, you're not out of the woods yet, but I am being nice. So I thought I'd be nice and show my nice guy self for uh, JPQ as well. <laughs> I, I don't know if you have to, man, because I think I'm with Kevin on this. I don't know if the Iconics are going to make it. Another defense with the titles. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I invite you here on my show and you just spit in my face like that? How dare you? <laughs> it's that PA love, brother. I mean, again, when you <laughs> mean Kevin are 90 minutes away from each other. I suppose, I suppose. But that's where we're going with the bet. That's where we're going with this. Everyone kind of knows where we're at on that. So uh, housekeeping out of the way. Um. Now, we, for anyone that hasn't listened to No Particular Angle this week, I would um, suggest probably pausing this and going and listening to 
mine and JPQ's chat from the other day on his show because we just kind of kind of spiral off of in that direction anyway. But it was a fun chat. I do appreciate you having me on um, for that new series. It's going to be uh, a lot of fun, I think. Yeah, it should be uh, it should be an interesting one. Just look up for just look for those pop ups anywhere, whether it be uh, on podcasts or uh, BBR TV. Uh, different guests. I'm sure you, this won't be the first. Uh, you'll be the first, but you're not going to be the last time that you're on one of these pop ups through the summertime. So keep an eye out for that. Yeah, no joke, no joke. It was a lot of fun. And again, I I I think I think you know podcasting, and we've been podcasting for a while. Is that Although I love a good plan and I love a good attack method and going, yeah, this is what we're going to talk about. Sometimes I do just like having a conversation with people because at the end of the day, we're all just wrestling fans and we just like to talk about wrestling with other wrestling fans. That's what it's about, man. You know, we just get in here and we find a topic and we just kind of play off each other and we see where it goes because that's half the fun of wrestling. Yeah, no joke. There's so much wrestling and there's so many different flavors. And we kind of talked about that on your show the other day about, you know, the different kinds of wrestling and stuff like that. But I do know um, one thing that we can kind of stick with at least today. I know you're the best person to talk about women's wrestling with just in, in general. You love women's wrestling no matter what kind of era, am I right? You just kind of like women's wrestling, just the whole landscape of it. All of it. So anywhere you want to take this conversation, I'm all about it. And, um, you know, this is kind of, now that we're, this is so weird. I, like I said, I didn't really have a plan, but now that we're kind of talking about this, I'm like, oh man, I could talk about this and this and this. And again, you're, you are the best person to talk about this. And I guess we'll kind of start with something that gets a lot of, and it has a lot of negative surrounding it. I want to talk about the, the kind of sticking with WWE, because as you know, this show is mainly a WWE based um, wrestling podcast, but the diva era. When I say that word to you, uh, without you know going too in depth, what what kind of first comes to your mind when I say the diva era? Well, I, I think the way you say it is actually probably more positive than the way most people do, right? Because there's usually a negative connotation put on the diva era, right? It's almost condescending when someone's like, "Oh, the diva era." You know, and that's the first thing that comes to mind is that it's this <clears throat> it's this uh, black spot right on the on the history and the lineage of women's wrestling uh, where we are now. People frown upon or look down upon uh, the the divas era as a whole. I think, you know, I think most people are a little misguided in that, you know, and they're thinking. But, you know, we can explore uh, the Divas era, but uh, first thing that comes to mind for me, Josh, is uh, the public perception of what the Diva era was and how that has a negative spin uh, put on it. Yeah, I think you're completely and 100% right. I don't necessarily see it as a bad time. There was a lot of gems within. I know the, listen, like, I don't, I'm not one to really negative put a spin on any, per, like, any performer because they've done a lot more than I've ever done in a wrestling ring. But I think a lot of people like to attack the actual performers and the actual divas of that era, whoever it may be. But there was a lot of good stuff within that. Like there was a lot of gems within those years. I understand the, and the focus really wasn't on wrestling anyway. So what they were getting paid to do was to look nice and to just, just be eye candy. And you can't really say that they didn't do that. They did. They did that well. So within the parameters and within the limits and the boundaries that they were given, they did their um, best 
they did the best job that they were, you know, asked to do. They weren't asked to go out there and put on five-star classics. Although a lot of them, you know, you look at some of the wrestlers of that era, like the quote-unquote wrestlers, like Beth, like Natty, et cetera, et cetera, um, they could go out there and put on fantastic matches, but it wasn't about that. So you, you can't really say this person is terrible at wrestling, this person is terrible at wrestling. They did what they were told to do. Yeah, it's it, it's it, it's both. It, there's some positive elements and there's some negative elements. And really when I speak negative elements, it's more of uh, how we have forgotten some of the better wrestling talent that has come through that era. And whether that be Beth Phoenix, like you just mentioned, uh, Lisa Marie, and, and the work that she put in as Victoria. Uh, Karma did a quick spot. Uh, during that time frame, we had Eve Torres do a decent run with the Divas Championship, but we don't tend to remember them so much. It's really more of the Michelle McCools, the Layla's, uh, the uh, Mickey James in the fat suit, right, the piggy suit, and all that type of stuff is where we tend to gravitate towards when we talk about uh, the sports entertainment side of the women's division back during um, the Divas era. Yeah, um, there was a lot of. So who are some of your favorite kind of competitors within the Divas era? Well, I think yeah, I think it starts with Victoria. You know, I think the work rate that she was able to put together in her stretch and her runs with uh, WWE are unparalleled. Um, and you can put it up with some of the greatest performances, uh, work rates, uh, whether you want to go back to Trish Stratus, if you were a fan of hers, if you want to go back to Medusa, and then you want to move forward into what their, the current product is. You know, you go back and you watch some of the Lisa Marie matches, uh, especially when she was working with uh, quote unquote other wrestlers, right? Yeah. And the work rates on both sides were there, uh, and she wasn't carrying a match. And you could tell, like, she was serious about what she was doing. So, whether she was wrestling Melina and the matches that they were able to put on in that era, like, that was some quality stuff in a, in a, in a time when we weren't expected to see quality matches. Um, and, and I think that every once in a while she kind of gets a bad rap. So, I'd like to start with her. Uh, I mentioned Melina to me outside of some. You know, personnel issues that she may have had uh, and some uh, controversies, you know, that ultimately led to her leaving. Uh, justified, mind you. Uh, she was also someone that when she was in the ring, you could tell that she was a gamer. Like, she was ready to go. She yeah. took it seriously when she was in there. And strong performances. Obviously, early Natalia uh, was amazing. She's still good now. I'm glad that she's getting a shot at the title again. Yeah. I hope they build her back up into what she once was. Because when she came in, she was really good. And people tend to forget that because she's been around for as long as she has. But she's really, really good. And then you had Beth Phoenix, right? And then Beth Phoenix was the Glamazon. And whether she was in the Royal Rumble or she was doing some of the comedy spots, or she was when she first came in, the Glamazon, and she was just that powerhouse, no-nonsense type of powerlifter character. Like, again, you had characters back then uh, worth uh, gaining your interest, and they should be celebrated. Yeah, I agree with you on all of those people, to be honest. They were all... When you actually think back, like, again, there's, there's so much negative time, like, negative just public perception of that era, but when you actually go back and actually look at the rosters from maybe like 2002 to like 2014, 15, there was a lot of good talent that come through there and a lot of forgotten kind of forgotten people, like forgotten workers, forgotten matches, forgotten moments. There was a lot of quality within that. And again, like you said, in a time where we're, when our expectations were not really 
you know, made for that kind of stuff. I always was a fan of that, that the ladies, I just always was. And growing up, I was always like, you know, as a kid, you don't really think about it. But as you get into your teenage years and older and older and older, you go, man, I can see that these girls can go. They're just not given the opportunities like the men are. And, you know, it's a very different time now. And we're coming off of, you know, a WrestleMania main event. And in 2000 and, you know, whatever, we would not have think we could really ever get there. In WWE's land, at least, we could not think, you know, women could main event WrestleMania. It's not that they can't do it. It's just the, the possibility of them doing it was not very likely at all. It was almost, you know, it was almost impossible. But um, you kind of mentioned Natty and then Molina. Molina is a fantastic one. Um, you know, I have a lot that I think of in that time. You kind of mentioned Lay Cool. I thought Lay Cool were fantastic. They were... Michelle McCool, I think, can still go now. You've seen her at the Royal Rumble last year and Evolution, and it seems she showed glimpses of, hey, you can really still do this. Um, Caitlin, I always think of Caitlin. I think Caitlin is one that people don't really recognize. As she come from literally no experience in the third season of NXT to really becoming a fairly decent worker. I think her stuff with AJ, AJ's one that they're just, they don't recognize as a pillar of this kind of, you know, what kind of come into the women's evolution, whatever you want to call it. But AJ Lee is one that always kind of comes up. Um, can you think of any underrated kind of, or just kind of your personal take on some matches through that era that you thought, Hey, this is actually pretty damn good for a time. That's very limited with in ring work. Um, well, I think that uh, – so you had Trish and Lita early 05, yep. right? And we kind of had this mass exodus of the Attitude Era talent, and those two kind of carried the division for a while. And then we kind of got Mickey James mixed back in, and I really enjoyed Trish and Mickey uh, at at the beginning of their, their route. Um, you know, it, it it's hard because it, it's a lot like a – it's the opposite of a bad breakup, right? Like you – you always remember the good. You you always forget the bad, right? When you reminisce on a on a bad relationship, and in this instance, I'm kind of doing the other. Like I I kind of remember the bad, yeah. You know, and I I remember like the Candice Michelle title run, right? And I but I'm and I'm it's hard for me to sit and say like okay, like I remember it being X, but I do remember uh, Beth Phoenix on SmackDown. She had uh she had a banger with um who was it? It was. Um, oh man, how am I how am I blanking on this? It was Beth Phoenix, and I know she did it with Melina, but that's not who I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of somebody else. Oh, uh, Gail Kim. Oh yes, Gail. Yeah, so it was Melina versus Gail Kim, and I was, and that was like, like, and I didn't know Gail at the time, right? And I was just like, wow, like look at these two going after each other, um, and the work rate that they were putting in, and I don't, and it was a short match. Again, we didn't hit, we didn't get many long matches back then, no, but they right. got, they got like seven minutes. They got like a full segment out of it, and they were going back and forth, and the crowd seemed to be into it, and my ears perked and my eyes widened when I watched this match because I'm like, okay, well, this seems to be something worth paying attention to as a fan, just from that the 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 goggles of like wrestling product, right? Yeah, and. I wish Gail would have stuck around a little bit longer. I know the reasons why she left, and again, totally justified. Uh, but it was one of those things where you really had a talent there in Gail, and you let her get away. Yep. Um, and you know, she was somebody that she was capable of working with with all the 
quote unquote divas, right? Uh, all the models they brought in and taught how to wrestle. Uh, she was part of that uh, training team, in a sense, uh, on TV because it was kind of trial by fire, right? Back yep. then, they just kind of Very threw them out so. there and let them go. And you know, and so she sticks out as a bright spot for me uh, <clears throat> through that time back in I don't know '06. Right, like 13 years ago, and she just retired. Like, so she's incredible. Uh, that's a good one that sticks out for me, uh, as well as pretty much anybody that, again, Lisa Marie worked with. Um, I, I was just a fan, and I engaged in those matches. And she did a very good job of putting over the town on the other side. And I remember there was a Candice Michelle Victoria match, and I want to say it wasn't a pay per view. I want to say it was a. Uh, it could have been a smack. I think it was a SmackDown. Another SmackDown. And it was just one of those ones where Candice Michelle came out and she just started settling in her punches a little bit better. And her kicks were on on point that night. Uh, she was getting good selling work from Victoria. And it was, again, nothing more than a five or seven minute match. But it was one where uh, coming out of that, I was like more invested in Candice Michelle than I was moving in from a wrestling standpoint. And so, like, you saw the growth of these women over the course of this yeah. era and that those are the two that really kind of stick out to me. Yeah, you talk like I've heard many times. Now, hey, I have been. You've probably seen this on my Twitter and just you know the amount of times that we've talked. But I have been absolutely grilled on Twitter for being a Bella fan. I am a, a Bella fan through and through. I think they from where they started to where they ended. I think they're two very like both of them just improved. Just out of they're just so much. They're two different performers in the sense of um, where they started and where they ended their careers. But Brie Bella and Nikki have both talked about Victoria in the past and how gracious and how giving she was and how willing she was to help people that did not have the experience in the ring. And Brie Bella's first match was against Victoria, and she said Victoria made her look like a thousand bucks. So it's kind mm -hmm. of, you know, it's the testament to Victoria and her her just willingness. I think that's the some of the best performers are the ones that chuck their ego out of the door. Because I mean, Victoria at that point when Brie Bella started was it was like two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine. She'd been in the business a while. She had multiple title runs, and it's just kind of like it doesn't matter. I have to help this person now. That's my that's my job to do. And I mean, that's just a testament to her. Um, when I mentioned the Bellas, what kind of runs through your mind? I think they had a better second run than they did the first run. Oh, yeah. um, you know, when they were brought in and they were kind of doing their thing and, you know, very early in, in their careers, to me, it, like, I enjoy the, the theater element, right? So when they were doing uh, the twin magic, the switch, right, during the matches and they were utilizing the fact that they did look similar and, and they did back then, right? They, they kind of grown into their own as they matured yeah. uh, as individuals. But back then, really, I mean, it was one and one A, right? Like they weren't terribly too far off each other. And this is no. pre-Nikki uh, <clears throat> kind of setting herself up. And Brie was really the star, right? If you remember back then, it was she was yeah. really the one that was getting the title shots. And she was the one that, that was having the better in-ring work. And she seemed to be the one taking it more seriously as they kind of seasoned Nikki along the way. And I thought it was a great run disappointed when they left because i thought that they brought good elements to it didn't love the way they brought them back with uh damien and um oh yeah that was odd and and the roads yeah i thought that was a little tough but uh i was surprised when they were released 
I didn't mind them. Didn't love them either, right? Like it was middle of the road for me, yeah. you know, and with them. Like they when they were on TV, I paid attention, but it wasn't something where I was I was giggy and and and, and gaga for them. Yeah. Uh, as I was later in their run, right? Like their second run and how they were able to build that and and really Nikki kind of set herself and set a good tone for herself that second run. Um, you know, I'm really happy that we got that because I think that they were untapped resources. They weren't utilized 100% of the way um, during the Divas era. And and we got to really see what they could bring to the table after. Yeah, I agree. I think they this, their second run was heads and shoulders better than their first run but they did actually you know both did i know that brie has a bit of a negative surrounding her with her you know last little comeback that she had i'll stay clear of that but nikki i mean even post neck surgery that that run that she had you know from like SummerSlam of 2016 to mania of 2017 she had like a nice run and she had some really great matches with natty and she got some really great matches with carmella um it was just a nice little run so i do think when people say they don't add any value they obviously do bring in eyes to the product i don't i will argue that with pretty much anyone they do have somewhat of an outside appeal i'm not saying they're like a-list celebrities they're not but they do bring in another audience just from the reality show and, and and stuff like that um do you think that Total Divas and Total Bellas um, helped usher in the women's evolution more so than wrestling fans will allow themselves to think it did? Um, I hope not, right? Like, I mean, that's the goal. I mean, you never want to take away from people's accomplishments in the rings and what they were able to provide. And I think, again, like, look, look at the eras and look at the transitions, right? And and the, the my biggest knock on the Divas era as a, as a whole was the fact that they like, – I say this a lot, but in this world, you can't be a little pregnant, right? Either you are or you're not, right? Yeah. And so coming out of the Attitude Era and going into the Ruthless Aggression Divas Era, the beginning, you know, whatever that time period was, right? Like the 02, 04, 05 reign, you know, they wanted to kind of keep that, you know, sexual motif going with the male audience. Yeah. and then but they But they wanted to transition into more of this – in more to a wrestling product. And it literally took them an era to kind of figure out how it all works. Cause the end of the divas era wasn't horrible, right? Yeah. Um, it was kind of just bad there in the middle of two thousands. And by bad, I mean like bad compared to today's standards. Right. Yeah. Um, so when, when Nikki got the title towards the end of that era and then this whole divas revolution was starting, well, what we saw was a commitment from, uh, the business, right? And they did as much as even putting themselves over by coming out and saying, give divas a chance, right? And and pushing this revolution forward that they committed to it coming out of the, the divas era. And so when you do that, and then you can get a standard bearer like Nikki, who was, you know, the the preeminent favorite coming out of that era at that time towards the back end, and you let her establish herself as uh, the the next in line to, to 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 run through the roster, right? The Hulk Hogan of of the divas, uh, the end of the divas era. Well, okay, you know, and you bring in the, up the talent underneath, you get them some seasoning, and then you let that take off because they're the ones that are going to take the uh, they're going to take the torch moving forward. So I think they actually did that pretty well. I thought yeah. that transition was good, and I'm happy that it was uh, Nikki, right? Uh, and through through that reign because. 
uh, she transitioned. She helped to transition that. And that gets lost in translation from time to time how important it was to take somebody that was who was labeled as a diva, who couldn't wrestle, who uh, couldn't sell merch and make money and and have her be the one to transition uh, the the era that we once lived in into a more uh, wrestling oriented uh, division. Yeah, I agree with you completely. Um, you know, you're talking about the ushering of kind of the divas to the more wrestling orientated, like women superstars, whatever you want to call them, um, of today. I think it would be kind of, um, I think it would be a little bit of a disservice to this chat if we didn't at least mention and kind of talk about AJ Lee. The only reason I bring her up is because really for the first time in a while at that time, there was a woman who was in main event storylines, whether it just be character-based stuff with um, CM Punk and Daniel Bryan, John Cena, Dolph Ziggler, the list goes on. Um, She was really the first woman to get organically really over, like, properly. And it had been a minute since that. And when she kind of worked with Caitlyn and their kind of history, they had a very underrated match of that era, I, I... in my mind, anyway, at Payback 2013, they had a brilliant match and a nice little feud. And then, you know, AJ was at one point the longest reigning Divas champion until Nikki broke that record. But, um, you know, it, it's she was kind of the star, you know, and then it kind of ushered into Nikki and the Bellas and then you know, so forth and so on and Paige and stuff like that. Um, were you a fan of AJ Lee's? Yes, very much so. And I don't want to diminish her impact on this revolution because, to be honest with you, if she never came – in my opinion, if she never came along and the crowd didn't gravitate to her the way that they did, there would be no reason for WWE to make the change, right, the wholesale change to that division to go more wrestling-oriented. And when I say that, I'm not talking about the wrestlers individually. I'm talking about the the landscape of that division as a whole, yes. right? Um so, you know, if if she wasn't as good as she was in the ring, if she didn't take it as seriously, if she didn't do the pipelines on the divas the way she did, you know, if she didn't have the charisma and the talent and the, the, the acting chops to be able to go out there and perform with the male wrestlers at the rate that she did and the consistency that she did, well, there's really no reason why Vince uh, or, or any of the players in the back, a.k.a. Vince, uh, would – find it necessary or have confidence in these women to then take the torch and move forward, right? So a lot like Nikki was the one that once we got into the revolution was the one that, you know, helped to transition it because it was a new era and she was from the old era and she was holding on to the title. So that was that little narrative there. At the same time, without the spark of the gun, which was AJ Lee, it may never have come to fruition to begin with. I agree. I I agree with you completely in the sense of AJ, you know, and once she won, you know, after she worked with Punk and all of that, and she was kind of in a spot where she could elevate other talent. Like, she worked with Caitlyn, and she kind of worked with, um, you know, she worked with Brie and a lot of the, you know, when she was going on against all the cast members of Total Divas, and then... And where that kind of went, AJ was able to help other people while maintaining herself as kind of the star that wasn't on the reality show at that point. Because, 
I mean, a lot of the booking and a lot of the kind of everything was kind of centered around Total Divas at that point because they were really pushing that show hard and it, it gained a, a lot more of an audience. Um, so that was kind of the kind of take it had on on the division, but AJ was kind of the one against it in a sense. Um, and then you know, AJ started working with Paige and stuff like that. I think at that point, for me... It's because NXT was a you know fairly new thing, and Paige and Emma and what they were doing down in NXT. I think you know at least for me that was the kind of time I was going. This is the time when they can they can make something of this. They have the stars in AJ and in Paige, the Bellas, and that's where we're kind of centered around at the very beginning of the Divas Revolution, and then you had Sasha and, and Co come up, but. That was like the four they were really focusing on. And out of those four, you could get some quality stuff out of those four. And there was enough rotation for a little while to make it go, hey, we need something to change. And then, of course, the fans got in- involved with Give Divas a Chance. Um, I know there's a lot of things that kind of went into Give Divas a Chance and then the Divas Revolution. But, I, I mean, I- and a-, a lot of it is going to be just a combination of many things. But... What do you think is the main catalyst that kind of set this off? Was it the girls down in NXT? Was it just a cultural thing of WWE needed to be with the rest of the world in just in sports and in entertainment, how women were kind of coming together and going, hey, we can, we, we're stars just like our male counterparts? Uh, I think it was a, a two-step process. I think, um, I think it started – when WWE took it seriously, in my opinion, is – uh, the success of Total Divas. Once they saw that there was money and investment from mainstream casual fans and non-fans to to follow and be interested in in these women wrestlers, then then they saw the cash cow and they were like, okay, like this is where we want to go with this. Which is why we saw a lot of investment on TV. Of these same people that we saw on the E Entertainment Network or, or wherever you get it, right? In, in yeah. the state side, it was E. Oh, it's so, too. yeah, I, so I think that was the first spot, right? From there, then you had Emma versus Paige in NXT, NXT Takeover, uh, the first one, as well as what AJ was doing uh, on. Uh, the main roster with her work rate performances, her and Caitlin in the battle that, that they were having, and then the the promo work and the character work driven from uh, from AJ, and you incorporate those two things together, and to to show the confidences within the wrestling industry that that the gr- the the girls, geez, the the women can hold their own, and so those two things together, in my opinion, are the catalyst that then drove uh, the commitment side from management. Yeah, and I, hey, I'm glad you brought up that because if WWE is a business, they are a money-making machine, and that at the end of the day, that's what they care about doing is making money. And I'm not knocking them on that because if I was running a business, I want to make money off of it. So if they couldn't see that there was money within the ladies at that time, they would not have you know pushed it no matter how hard really anyone clamored for it. As long as there's money in it, the WWE will push it. In my opinion, at least, they have to make money. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And if you think about it, I mean, let's not forget. Uh, I bl- again, I think it was a SmackDown. <laughs> it's always Love SmackDown. The blue brand. <laughs> I'm a blue brand guy. Uh, two hours works better in my schedule. But I believe it was right before Christmas, and they did like a a ten five on five total divas 
uh, Christmas edition elim- elimination match or something along those lines. Oh, I think and, I remember this. <laughs> yeah, and they did like the fucking kick line. Yeah. Right? right in the middle of, oh, of yeah, the thing. Oh, yeah, I remember, yes. It All in the like, dressed in little Santa It was Santa literally outfits. like seven on seven. It was like the cast of Total Divas versus yep. the non-Total Divas. I remember mm-hmm. this. Right, that's exactly what it was. And then they did the kick line. As the, as people were coming into the ring, they were kicking them back out as yeah. they were doing the Rockette spot. And, like, so to me, that's all well and good to an extent, um, because of what WWE was at the time, right? A very short amount of time ago, but still, that's what they were. If you didn't have an AJ Lee, if you didn't have Emma, if you didn't have um, a Paige and, and what they were doing, we might still be in that today, yep. right? Like they're, they're, that's, why it's, that's why it's a two-step process because right now Total Divas was making money. They were able to exploit that on their weekly television programming, which let's be honest, with five hours a week, you need to be able to get some filler, and that's a good spot to get filler because of the hype around that show. Exactly. And then if there wasn't somebody there to to show or the signings of Sasha and the signings of Charlotte and Becky Lynch down in there, and then what they were growing in NXT, you know, if they didn't have that. Well, then we may never have seen them fully transition, and it may be different now than it was then, and you could make the case that maybe it's a, it would have been a little better, but we wouldn't have gotten that full commitment, right? We would have still been in that, am I, you know, I'm, I'm both not pregnant and pregnant at the same time, and <clears throat> with that lack of commitment, who knows? You know, even Maria might still be here today. So it's one of those things where, sorry, Wilf, uh, that you got to sit there and you got to look at that and you got to say, like, yes, cash drove this revolution from total divas so for everybody that hates on total divas know that in my opinion we wouldn't be where we are right as fast as we have without the idea or without total divas being as success as successful as it was and then compound that with the work rate of of the wrestlers that were coming up through the system you know perfect storm scenario yeah i agree total divas changed it made money. Therefore, like you said, it, it kind of, it spiraled, of course, with some other things. And I think, you know, just where women were in the world, you know, had sports stars. Like, I think Ronda Rousey is someone that indirectly helped WWE. Whether people want to really think that or, you know, some people are not going to agree with that and that's fine. But I do think people like Ronda Rousey, Serena Williams and stuff, showing that they could be you look at you look at Ronda in UFC and I mean I'm not a big huge UFC fan I know enough of it and I know enough about this to kind of comment on it but all I know is that Dana White was not you know really keen on the idea of having women fight in the UFC until kind of Ronda came along and she listen for someone that doesn't watch UFC I knew who Ronda Rousey was so she had to be doing something right and I think it it would be weird for WWE or Vince or whoever the powers that be look at someone like Ronda Rousey and go, hey, well, she is their top draw in a sports-orientated world, and she's kind of the star of the UFC. Can we do that here? There has to be a little bit in in someone's head that goes, yeah, okay, maybe that was a catalyst of what we are today. For sure. Yeah, I mean, again, when back w, or UFC back then, I mean, it didn't get any hotter than uh than ronda rousey i mean but but again i think that i think that translates to the back end of the divas era too and total divas and the impact that total divas had on all this was that you could look at ronda rousey and as a young girl um 
she she was a role model, right? And you can do and be anything because look what I've accomplished. Right? I'm headlining a pay per view for UFC. You know, I cr- they created a division and and weight classes for women because of me, and and they've shown investment behind multi billion dollar organizations because of the merits that I bring to the table. Well, if you look back and and outside of just the wrestling fandoms, right, the 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 fans of wrestling, the the little girls who enjoy wrestling, right? You didn't really have the role model aspect so much. I and I will tell you that in my opinion, Caitlin and AJ were really the two to look up to, right? Uh, and I think they played their cards very well with that and I think they did a fantastic job. So I don't want to take anything away from them when I say this. You know, but for the mainstream audience or for the casual audience or for the 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 women growing up and the, the girls growing up and being able to turn on e-network and see successful athletes, right, sports entertainers, uh, and then see behind the scenes at the lives that they live and the dramas that they have and be able to relate with them on a more personal level, I think that brought more fans in. So, yes, cash flow for the business, that's great. Let's let's push it forward, right? But I think from a general interest uh, within the women's wrestling in general, you know, you look at Nikki Bella, uh, at Brie Bella, and the differences between the two of them. I mean, geez, they're night and day. Um, and then, you know, people like Natalia, who's been in the business forever, and Naomi, and, and even Eva Marie and the things that she was able to accomplish because she really was a model, right? Like she was yeah. learning how to wrestle. She was trying to pay her dues the best that she could, knowing that she was granted an opportunity that other people were killing themselves for on the independent scene that she didn't take for granted, mind you. It was one of those things that, you know, as a, as a young girl, like those are people that you can begin to look up to, which is yeah. then going to invest you into getting into wrestling and then you you double down on that by then bringing women wrestlers up like Charlotte, like Paige, like Sasha, uh, uh, Becky Lynch. You know, now you can begin to 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 tap a resource that you otherwise haven't been able to tap because, well, they're models. I'm not a model. I'm not this. You know, I, whatever whatever that is, right? And I don't want to go too deep into it because I'm not 100 percent myself because uh, I would never assume that I know everything. But it, you know, but to be able to to create that personal bond through a reality television show, and then translate that into making new fans that otherwise weren't fans, uh, I, I think it was a tremendous success. And again, I just feel that that was uh, a uh, what, what's the word there? It was an effect. It was a um, I, I, uh, whatever I that mean, yeah. you know yeah. what I mean, right? Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Gee, I was lost there for a second. <laughs> But yeah, it was a way of bridging the gap to these people uh, to get them into wrestling. And so, again, I, I think it should be something that we talk about. Yeah. Um, when you look at the the year that Ronda Rousey had, mm-hmm. a lot of people are like, eh, she was this. She was kind of thrusted into the title picture and, you know, whatever. Well, to me, duh, she should be the champion. She is a star and you want as many eyes on the product as you can. So... I won't even get into that too much, but when you just look at from what you like as a fan and, and just purely from your view, what did you think about Ronda Rousey's year in WWE? I, I, th- I thought it was above average. Okay. It was as above average as it could be. I mean, we know that WWE likes to bring in their stars, so I'm yep. accustomed to that when I watch their product. Right? I'm not going to criticize a formula that it's worked for 40 years. Because I, my fandoms, as I've matured as a person, have have dived more into maybe uh, Japanese wrestling or or independent. You know what I mean? Like I can separate yeah. the two. I can look at them um, objectively. 
but when she came, the thing that people forget, and this is the part that drives me crazy, is that we have this recency bias. And it's not a bad thing. It's just one of those things where it's like you go back and you watch TLC when she signed that contract when she first came in, right? And the crowd and how hot they were for Rhonda, right? And how excited they were to get her in and then the, the spot that she ended up doing with Triple H through the table. Yeah. Like, and everything they built from there, you know, was incredible. And where the criticisms came soon thereafter because, again, Super Green never did it before, right? Yeah. Uh, thrown right into the limelight, won the title, who's going to beat Ronda? And nobody should have beaten Ronda, right? Uh, through that time frame. So they did all that right. But then the story booking element with the authority and then getting Stephanie McMahon involved and the the lethargic nature of WWE with their story booking every once in a while – you know, came to a head to where they needed to pivot a couple times up to it, including, you know, pretty much her shooting on the crowd and shooting on everybody by saying yeah. it's all fake to try to garner some interest as Becky was kind of building her run. Yeah. But all of that aside, right? So again, so it ended a little on the sour side from fans and people were welcome that she left, um, you know, and, and people tend to remember the, the end, not the beginning. When I look at it, I sit there and I say, you are a you are a, a a a global superstar. Everybody knows who you are. You've never done this before, and they threw you in and made you the the face of this division in the biggest company in the world. And they gave you the title, and you were unstoppable for a year. That type of pressure, no matter who you are, right now that we can kind of remove ourselves six months later. That type of pressure to put on somebody, people will crack under that type of pressure. Oh, of course. She cracked a little, but overall, you know, the egg didn't break. So in that instance, I think that, you know, I, was, she, was she stellar? No, of course not. Her promos were terrible. Her in-ring work wasn't the best from time to time. Her uh, uh, wrestling uh, fashion was garbage, which I've spoken a lot about <laughs> with Queen. And it's just one of those things where it didn't hit on every level. But, man, for coming in as green as you are and, and rock, rocking the year, yeah, I don't know if it get if it could get any better for somebody of that type of uh, 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 notoriety outside the wrestling business. Yeah, she brought in a lot of eyes, and I'm, I'm kind of glad that I can have this conversation with you and you understand, like, I, I get why she's here. A lot of people are like, she sucks, she's this. I don't think Ronda sucked <laughs> at all. I don't think Ronda sucked. Um, for someone who had very little experience in a wrestling ring, she adapted pretty damn well, and she brought in enough eyes to kind of justify her, I guess, lack of... Well, she was green, but of course you're going to be green when you've been wrestling as long as she has, so... Um, right. But she, I think she did have a pretty damn good year. Whether she'll be back or not is a, is a, a question that I certainly can't answer, but, I mean, I certainly would like to see her back just for a little bit longer, just to kind of end out her time because as you said a lot of people um I know I did for a little while was a bit like okay you can go now just because of the story I wasn't like the story of going into mania with her and Becky and Charlotte was what it was um it, it was to me it was a very simple s- story that should have been told very simply but they went in many different many different routes with that story and there was a lot of twists and turns but it is what it is we still got to the main event of WrestleMania and they still delivered a pretty good match I think um, but yeah, Ronda's time was Ronda's time and Hey, I guess it was now or never for her. So in that sense, I'm glad that she was there and I'm glad that we can kind of look back and go, Hey, 
we were a part of that. We watched that and we seen her kind of very chaotic year. She had a very busy year in the WWE, but it was, I think it was fun to watch. I do. Um, you know, we've talked a lot about like the, that kind of era and where it's kind of led to now. What do you think, you know, the women now in WWE have done, you know, is the pinnacle of it main eventing WrestleMania? I mean, you can't really get much bigger than that in WWE's mind. What's some things you would like to see from the future of of women like in that role in WWE? Because I guess no matter how much, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to justify some other places, but WWE indirectly affects a lot of the wrestling business just in terms of... I mean, uh, they indirectly affect it in terms of like, you know, if the business is hot and stuff like that, there's a lot more eyes on WWE than there is anywhere else. And that's not a knock on anywhere else. It's just, uh, you know, it's a lot more casual people watching WWE programming. But regardless of that, what would you like to see from the future of, of WWE's way of using the women? Because like I said, main eventing WrestleMania is, hey, it's pretty damn big. Yeah, no, it's huge, and I'm glad, and I'm happy for them, and I'm glad that they committed to it, and I'm glad they saw the value in it, and I'm glad that they did it. I think the next steps, again, there's a couple different paths you can go down here. The two biggest that stand out for me, um, number one is I would like to see more consistency with the amount of time that the women's roster gets on the the live television, right? Uh, Not just because you know, uh, of an equality thing, right? Which is important and it should be talked about. But more importantly, like they have so many women wrestlers, both yeah. on Raw and SmackDown, that, you know, if, if if it's 60, 40 men to female, you know, then we're not, that's not being represented on the screen, which means no. that some people are not doing anything. And that sucks as a fan right like not because like oh well, they, they 60 40 so it should be 60 40 on screen no 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 because of because fairness not well life's not fair right so other right, storylines right, are hot right. and you're putting on a show and you doing all these things but you know the fact that we didn't get ember moon the fact that oscar goes on ice three times a year you know because they just don't commit to fleshing out storylines like you don't need a title match to have a women's storyline no, that doesn't involve a man yeah right i agree like, it, there's a whole creative element to that that they just haven't touched on yet. Like bring in women writers to to write for women to to show that it's not a a a you know a one angle where it's Naomi and her boyfriend and or her husband and and Mandy Rose coming in and trying to steal her husband away. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you can do these things, and they did it with Natalia, and they did it with Ruby Riot. Yes. You know, and you can feel any way you want to feel about the decal being on Jim Neidhart being on the table, but at least they committed to doing something different. One hundred percent agree. Oh my god. Yeah. So, so like in that instance, I'd really like to see them go that direction. At the same time, they are signing a lot of women talent right now. And where I don't want to see NXT talent move to a separate program on on WWE's network. I would like to see a developmental show um, that really celebrates some of these signings that you don't even get to see on the NXT level, like Conti and Chelsea Green oh, yes. uh, and, and all these – well, Mia Yim's doing pretty decent Casey on NXT Katanzaro, right now. I think she's fantastic. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's like almost like I, – I, I liken it to like Rise, right? How Rise is kind of that feeder system for Shimmer and Shine and then the American Independence in general. 
like, man, you, you sign so much talent that you can just put all these people on and you could do like a monthly or a bi uh, monthly show where it's just like, you know, like, uh, like you, which you could have used for, um, um, uh, what was the last pay-per-view, uh, ground something, stomping, uh, stomping ground. Yeah. You could do like a stomping ground, but it's all developmental women. You know what I mean? Yeah. Every two weeks where they put on a show and you just kind of get to see them evolve over time. Like, I think that would be something that people would be interested in and would show an investment in, in some of the signings that they made early. Things like that. Like, I just, I would like to see that more. You know, for me, I think, um, I, I I know this will probably never happen just in the society we live in, not just in wrestling, but I wish there was less women's wrestling and more just wrestling. If you get what I mean, I wish it was just more normal sure. that, you know, it's not like, Oh my God, women are main eventing a pay-per-view. It's just like, no, it's just a wrestling match main eventing a pay-per-view. I wish it was more of that. Just the norm. Like you see, Becky and Lacey in, at Extreme Rules and they were involved in the mixed tag match and it was a main event and you didn't really see too many people going on about the fact that it was, oh my God, women are in a main event. It's just like, no, nope, they're in a main event because that's the story that deserves to be in the main event. I would just more like to see that with the wrestling everywhere, just kind of going, whatever deserves to be in the main event should be in the main event. Whether it's men, whether it's women, it doesn't matter. I just wish it was more of, of that kind of... um sense of just this is just normal and we're just going with whatever we're invested in the most that's what deserves to be pushed accordingly um but i don't know if we'll ever get to that kind of stage but who knows um it's i I love the fact that you kind of brought up talent that isn't really being you know a lot of signings that aren't on featured on nxt tv and, and and whatever where whoever that may be but there is a lot of talent men and women that are very much killing it as of late in terms of um yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just, I just wish it was more of a norm, if you get what I mean. Yeah, no, totally. And again, I think, you know, I'd like to sit here and be optimistic. You know, WWE has done a lot in a short amount of time with regards to their commitment to that division. Um, you know, I, they have problems, in my opinion. And again, it's strictly based off circumstance again when you got to do five hours of live television a week it's not easy and i think we we lose that as fans from time to time like to go write five hours of, of wrestling every week and for it to make sense it's just it's not it's not easy especially when you're following a formula and let's be honest you don't have creative control over it at all you just come up with the ideas they tell you to flesh it out and then it gets either you know pushed or greenlit or, or struck down by vince you know, it there's going to be have to be a fundamental change in the way they look at their bookings to to even put on like even on the men's side, like how much how many storylines are we really invested in? Not not a tremendous amount, you know, uh, at least there's criticisms each week on some of the storylines that they're doing. So you're kind of protecting the women's division a little bit when you when you know that that's the type of consistency that you're getting at least that's my justification um but over time you know it would really be nice to see you know instead of like for example bailey versus ember at SummerSlam, which i'm all for right and i'm excited for it and i'm glad that they're doing that like man there was no story there you know what i mean like they're just kind of like, oh, okay, this is the next one. She earns it. Boom. I want to go with Ember, and then the crowd pops. That's great. Yeah. But, man, like, to have a little bit of a story, and they can build it now, sure, but yeah. we already know what the match is. But, like, for Ember to be able to, you know, go out there and kind of get on a winning streak and kind of get people behind her and to be people talking about how she should be the next person up, and then she goes into a number one contenders match against Lacey or whoever, it doesn't matter, uh, or Alexa, and she can get a win over Alexa or something, 
you know, I think it just goes a long way to 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 build interest and build um, momentum behind behind people. And not that Ember needs it, but she's in she's the example, and you could just further her excitement for that match. They're just not doing that right now, and they no. just need to start doing that. It's it's across the board. It's across the board. They're not doing it. They're just, it's just kind of. And again, like you, I'm all for Bailey and Ember, but it's across the board. They just go, yeah, yeah, okay, you're the, you're the next one, and it's like, okay, whatever, it, whatever it may right. be. Hey, I'm all for Ember and Bailey getting a chance at SummerSlam to, hey, we've never seen this. This is this is going to be really, really fun. Um, It'll be incredible. Yeah, it will be. Um, kind of as we wind down, kind of one last question for you would be, uh, <laughs> May Young Classic Three. Can we have another one this year? May Young three, you said. Yeah, can we have um, a third? We can have a third. I think we can have a third. Um, and there's a couple people that that I think that kind of stand out in my mind. And it really depends on kind of what they do, right? I mean, obviously Conti's going to be there. Zaya come back over. You still have Rhea, um, who you can play with in that role. Um, but there are some people in the independents worth looking at. Some some won't get far in the tournament um and i think dakota kai is back some point this year um but they definitely yeah they definitely should do it because uh for two reasons one there's as much as people like to look at wwe as being this evil empire uh which again you could make the case right um yeah you could definitely make the case but uh totally make the case here i'm a I'm proudly a WWE fan. Me too. Me too. I, and I am too. I, I'm on holiday right now. And again, I'll tell you, it's doing it's doing tremendous. Like I really enjoyed Extreme Rules, and I didn't watch it, uh, or I, I I didn't watch the build into it, right? Because yeah. again, it was just you know go into it with fresh eyes type of feel. Um, but it is one of those things where it's like, you know, every once in a while they do some goodwill type of things um, for the industry, and I think the May Young Classic, I think, is a good. Uh, it, it's good goodwill, right? Yeah. To have somebody like Tessa come in the first year, um, to have Zaya there last year, um, to to bring in the, the likes of um, uh, Rachel Ellerling uh, and, and have her perform. Obviously, you have your key signings, your Kyrie Zanes and, and your Io yeah. Shirai's and Tony Storm, you know, signing with NXT UK and coming in and and doing what she did last year. Like, obviously, you have your heavy hitters who are going to be there towards the finals and the semifinals. But then to bring in someone like Mako, right, and have her make it to the semis. Like that, she's deserving. You know, oh, she could win course. the damn thing and and be fine. But like, just the fact that they, a they brought her in this legend from, and I know Tokyo Japan's a thing, and they're talking. I get all that, but like for them to bring in the the, the founder of Sendai Girls, and, and allow her to perform multiple matches in a row, and then for people then to get eyes back on Sendai because of that, or for these women to come in and be able to build a little traction, get some name brand on the on the network, and then to go out there and be able to to raise their their pay, I their think stock. is they're raising their yeah. stock. Someone like Mercedes Martinez going in mm-hmm. who hey, let's be honest, I'm not and this isn't a knock on Mercedes, but six years ago she would not have been looked at to come into the WWE at all. You know, Mako would not have been looked at at all to come into the WWE because of the May Young classic and like you said, people can say what they want about WWE and there's a point to be made that there's some evil kind of place and, brah, you know, Dark Lord sure. or whatever it may be. But the May, 
there's not really too much more exposure than you'll get being on a WWE program, whether people want to admit that or not. And for people it's like true. Mercedes and, and, and Mako and whoever else you want to say. Tessa. I mean, look at Tessa, Tessa Blanchard two years yeah. ago. She, and you can, the best you can really, you know, say that maybe not got her to where she is now, but it certainly wouldn't have hurt her being on the WWE Network, even if it's just a first-round loss. It, it really didn't matter at that point, especially being a part of the first Mae Young Classic because there's really nothing like the first time. So, I mean, I hope we get a third this year. I, I really do. There's enough talent, and there's enough talent within NXT, if you just look at NXT, to kind of really have the key people that you need to have in these tournaments to make it a success because there's so much talent within the world, men and women, that aren't that just don't have the exposure that WWE has and hey, raise their stock and, and let's hope for the best and I don't know if we'll I don't know if we'll get it again this year, but I'm certainly hopeful that we will. Well, I think if they're not going to do Evolution, which it doesn't seem like it's in the cards, which is oh, a yeah, shame because right. it was one of their better pay-per-views last yeah. year. It really was. Um, which, again, kind of goes back to that commitment thing. Like, they, that really should be uh, not even like a, a, a secondary monthly pay-per-view. Like, that should that should have its own month. Um, you know, because, again, it was, it was so successful. It was one of their – I'll tell you it was one of the top three shows they had all last year. It's been um, one of was, the best shows I've I've watched in recent memory. Yeah, and a lot of hype around it. It didn't sell well. That's the problem, right? Like it didn't. It didn't. Like again, if it would have sold out, if it wasn't in Nassau, uh, Long Island, and and it, and it would have sold out at, at at another arena, we would probably still have it this year because it always goes back to money, right? So they're looking at it from a financial decision, not what it does for the overall you know improvement of 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 these women, but. Or the the women's uh, uh, push in in WWE, but yeah. it is one of those things where it should be there. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think from the I think we'll see May Young this year. I don't think we'll see Evolution. No, unfortunately, I don't think we see Evolution either for a multitude of reasons that I mean I'm not happy about. I loved Evolution. I've talked about Evolution many 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 times on this show, and I just adore it and appreciate it. I've watched it many times and I still love it like the first time I watched it. So that's when you know you've got a good show. But, um, man, I really didn't expect to do a whole show in this kind of time, but I am not mad at all. Not mad at all. <laughs> um, thank you for coming on today because it really was a really cool conversation that I really haven't had. Hey, man, anytime. I, I You know, you, you kind of you jumped right in my wheelhouse, which I appreciate, yeah. um, talking women's wrestling. Um which again, you know, I, I'll do any time, but then to bring it to WWE, I do very rarely. So yeah. thank you for the invite and bringing me on and giving me a, a palatable topic. No, no problem at all. And um, I love speaking with you. I've always said that you're one of the best brains that I've ever been able to talk with about wrestling because you just you kind of are like a really big palette of information. It's cool to have. Um, before we go, I do have to say that uh. I did mention this on Diving In this week, but if you haven't listened to Diving In, which, hey, subtle plug, go check out my Twitter and you'll find out where you can find Diving In. Just search Diving In uh, with Josh anywhere on any podcast app and you'll find Diving In. But um, next week will be a very special episode of Wrestling Reaver because um, on the 25th of July, the day before, on the Thursday of next week, is my one-year anniversary, my, my first birthday in podcasting. So... Um, we're going to have a little bit of a celebration, a little bit of a birthday party next week. So stay tuned next week here on Brainbuster Radio for some 
a little bit of a, a fun, happy celebration of my of, of Wrestling Reverb's first birthday. So um, I'm sure you'll check out that JPQ because I know you do listen. So that's very much appreciated. But yeah, mm-hmm. I'm going to have a little bit of a fun episode next week. So I uh, hope everyone stays tuned for that. Um, but until next week, again, thank you, JPQ, for joining me. And um, Kevin will be back next week, no doubt. But um, hey, if I can't have Kevin here, I'm very happy that you are here. <laughs> Happy to be here, man. And hey, Mazel Tov to the to the one year. Ah yes, ah yes. I'll have a, cel- a celebration drink as I record. I probably won't because I usually record at eight thirty in the morning. But hey, it's five o'clock somewhere. Hey, uh, that's right. But hey, until next week, we will see you next time right here on Brainbuster Radio for more wrestling reverb. Peace out. Hey everyone, David Conrad here, owner of the Gorilla Position Wrestle Store. We're an online store headquartered in San Antonio, Texas, bringing you the best in original wrestling shirts, accessories, collectibles, and more. We're glad to be partnering with Brain Buster Radio, and to thank them, and to thank you, we're offering 10% off all purchases with the coupon code BRAINBUSTA. That's B-R-A-I-N-B-U-S-T-A. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under at Store. Or check out our website, www.gpwrestlestore.com. Remember, when you want the best wrestling experience, you gotta hang out in gorilla position.